Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. To the bar, come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs, and every person we meet. This where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the modern. The Reformation, yeah. The Bar, Biblical and Reformed. Welcome everybody to The Bar. It's your boy, Dwayne in the building. Right back in here, man. Another Tuesday, your favorite podcast you're tuning into. And yes, I am excited, like always, uh, bringing back the local pastor spotlight. I know I miss June. You guys stop inboxing me, emailing me. I know I miss it. Uh, we had a lot of stuff going on, but we're right back in here with an excellent guest, man. A guy that's actually not too far from me. I'm in Greenville. He's in Atlanta. We have Pastor Roger. How are you this morning, sir? Oh, just fine, Dwayne. How about yourself? Oh, man. Doing wonderful, man. Like I told you, just trying to wake up and work last night and, and just this coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, sir. All right, so Pastor Roger, what I like to do to start out, man, is kind of get you to give me a uh, background, you know, like a a bio snippet, you know, personal ministry, all of that, man. I'm gonna give you space for that right here. Okay, so um, we're in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, I think the home of the prosperity movement. It seems like sometimes, but uh, <laughs> I've been here for about 20 years, ministering in Atlanta, Georgia. I came over here from Dallas, Texas. Uh, where I was going through my education and going through seminary and ministering as an associate pastor uh, for uh, several years at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. And uh, I am a West Indian. I was uh, born mm. in Antigua, and uh, I was uh, we migrated to North America when I was three years old. And so uh, I grew up in Canada, actually. Uh, so I'm a Canadian citizen, a Canuck. And uh, I have been in the States, however, probably longer than anywhere else because uh, I came here to get my education after high school. I went through college where I met my wife at uh, Liberty University, Teresa, and we married and uh, have uh, four uh, adult children and um, at different stages of life. And uh, we uh, went from Virginia, where we met at Liberty University, as I said, and we went to Virginia, uh, we went from Virginia to Dallas, where I went to Dallas Theological Seminary, graduated from there, began working in ministry, and uh, then came to Atlanta. Came to Atlanta in about 98, mm-hmm. so I've been here almost 20 years, uh, serving the Lord, preaching and teaching in a, in a church called Berean Bible Baptist Church. It was founded by uh, Dr. Herman Conley, godly man. He was the founding pastor and first pastor, and probably pastors here about as long as I have been here, actually. And I uh, started a great heritage, founded a great church, and we're just trying to carry on that biblical heritage of expository preaching. Wow, that's awesome. Man, you've been everywhere, it seems like, man. Uh, West Indies right. and, and, yeah, Canada, Canadian. Wow. So uh, my first question, uh, just because you have such a diverse background, um, what about your, I guess, your upbringing or your childhood you think 
kind of shape your worldview because, you know, obviously, you know, being an immigrant and, you know, then being in Canada, you know, what what some of those things that you can say uh, help shape, you know, your 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 view of the world and, and how you approach, sure. you know, this biblical theology? Sure, sure. So um was raised in a in a Christian home, raised by educators. Uh, my parents uh, were uh, both teachers in, in Antigua, had taught their whole life, uh, pretty much. And so they came over to North America, Canada, for some more opportunity for, the, for their three boys, and my, myself and my two oldest brothers. And uh, they were very, very focused, very uh, diligent and, and faithful. They were, they were spiritual people. They were believers. They were uh, Christians, and they mm-hmm. lived out the Christianity in the home. Uh, I always tell people that, uh, you know, family devotions in our house were serious when I was uh, when I was a mm-hmm. child. Um, my parents had family devotions every single day. Even on Sunday, we woke up before church and had family devotions. I mean, it's church. We're going to church, but they're having family devotions anyway. And uh, so that's mm-hmm. the type of spiritual house it was in, very, very focused, very committed. And, uh, and so, you know, we grew up in that context, uh, my parents were very diligent to raise us uh, in, a, in, a, in a Christian household, but, but a household also that was concerned with academics. You can imagine being two educators. They were very concerned that we do well, that we excel, and, and uh, they knew as, as immigrants we were li- really living in a foreign land. And um, in our little house, we, we lived as West Indians. When we went out of the house, we lived like we were from Canada. And so, uh, you know, dual, dual lives type thing. And my parents always told us, you know, that uh, because you're immigrants, uh, because you're black, you're going to have some challenges uh, in the culture, but don't allow those challenges to, to discourage you. You're going to have to work sometimes twice as hard as the person next to you, but that's okay. Don't complain about it. You work twice as hard as them. And uh, mm-hmm. so uh, they, they were very positive, very hope-inspiring told us we could do anything that uh, we put our hands to do, that uh, God was able to carry us through any situation. And uh, so we, we grew up very, very uh, pushed <laughs> by mom and dad, but very, very encouraged mm-hmm. as well. So they right. they, were, they, were, they wanted us to do well, but they also encouraged us. They were there to back us, and it was a, it was an enriching time. So they had the, the biggest influence, I would say, uh, right. on my, my life growing up. Wow. That's, I mean, that's really good to have a strong background like that. Um, and, and parents that really push you and, you know, and you can really tell, you know, I haven't met you, but I've been to your church and, and I talked to some of your members and, and, and you can just, you can sense that, you know, that sense of drive and, 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 uh, and, and push and, you know, it, it's, it's always a, a source, you know, like, and that's why I always like to ask that. So, um, uh, with the church, you know, you say you've been there almost 20 years um, and, and, and you mentioned the Spockatory preaching. You know, what are some of the things that that you saw? Because I have a lot of like local pastors that listen and also a lot of guys that plant churches. What were some of the things, uh, I guess, or some of the methods you use when you first approached an already established church? You know, what were some of the ways that you approached that and, you know, getting your feet in and, and digging right into it and, and being part of the ministry? Excellent question, actually, Dwayne. That's 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 a very good question. You know, I talk to guys all the time about church planning and taking over taking over church. I always encourage people, you know, don't don't put aside the idea of taking over a pulpit. It, it's it's got its unique challenges, without a doubt. It's very mm-hmm. very difficult, uh, and um, people tend to say, "Well, I want to start my own and guide it, and not have any of the problems associated with taking mm-hmm. over a pulpit." But it can be enriching. So uh, one of the things that I did uh, in 1998 when I came here in May of that, that year, um, within the first three months, I wanted to change something. I didn't want to change something mm-hmm. major, but I wanted to change something to indicate that, you know, there was going to be change going on here. And so mm-hmm. what we changed was the bulletin. I just to simply mm-hmm. change how the bulletin was organized and that we were not going to have the same bulletin we had previous. And it might seem like a small thing, but it was just to send a a very quiet message that, hey, uh, there's going to be some adjustments here. Um, But the most important important thing to bring to the table uh, is establishing the authority of Scripture. So um, Mm. after my initial series on the nature of the new 
Testament church, I jumped right into a book series. Uh, I wanted mm. to uh, to demonstrate that um, we were going to go verse by verse, book by book, through the Bible, and uh, we were not going to skip verses. We were not going to skip concepts. We were going to make sure that the whole counsel of God was taught. And establishing that up front was important because there were some difficult days. Uh, you know, uh, right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fool you, Dwayne. I mean, there's, there were some times where we thought we, we weren't we weren't gonna make it there, but mm-hmm. uh, God was gracious. Uh, he did some he did some absolutely miraculous things, and uh, so wow. uh, it, it, it's hard. But I, I would tell guys, you know, when you're going into a new a situation like that in a, in a in a in an established church, change something. Don't don't change something big. Change something small. But uh, mm-hmm. send the message that hey, things are going to be different here, and 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 make sure that you're that you're expository in your in your, in, in your preaching style. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's really good, good advice. Like I said, I have a lot of guys um, that inbox me that listen, and um, and you know everybody don't get a chance to church plant. You know that God is not calling no. everybody to do that, even though that's the that's right. trendy thing. You know, finger air yeah, quotes right here. But <laughs> so. Uh, when it comes to uh, you know, reform theology, uh, like like where did where did you I guess where were you introduced to that and then, you know, like how was that transition or was you always reform? I mean, I'm just assuming, you know, so no, no, what no. what's your background on that? So uh I was raised an Arminian. Um mm. uh, and I like to say I like to say a consistent Arminian. So uh we believe not only could you could you um choose God but uh, you could choose mm-hmm. to lose your salvation as well, and so uh, right, we went. Right. We went. We went the inconsistent Arminian that that holds that we choose God and somehow we can't lose it, lose our salvation. Mm. So we were, right, we were right. very, 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 very focused on what we thought was the truth. Uh, so I went through my early years, <clears throat> like most people in that type of theological bent, and uh, I got saved every other weekend, as you can imagine. And, uh, <laughs> yes, <so> sir. <laughs> you, yeah, you just you, you're losing it, and then you gain it back. You're losing it, gain it back. Well. That led to a turbulent spiritual life, as you can imagine. Um, mm-hmm. Wanting to be godly, wanting to be what God wanted me to be, but finding no power in it. And so, um, as a as a young man, I was uh, heavily into sports, um, particularly basketball and and track. And and so, one summer, I wanted to go to a basketball camp. Well, my parents heard about the camp I wanted to to attend, and they didn't. They had some serious problems with it. Uh, they heard some immoral things that went on there. And so they said, mm-hmm. well, we support your, your athletics, but you need to go to a, a Christian camp. Well, I don't want to go to no Christian camp. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Uh, but they had the money. And so uh, yep. that's where I ended yep. up. And uh, I ended up across the border at Word of Life summer camp. Uh, that year they okay. were having um, Dr. J there at the, at the camp. And uh, it, was, um, it was in upper state New York. And uh, for the first time, I heard that uh, you couldn't lose your salvation. Well, that sounded mm. crazy to me. What are you talking? I mean, I've never heard that before. Couldn't lose your salvation. That right. sounded wacky. Sounded wacky. And so, um, <laughs> but as the week went on, they were they were teaching from the Bible and showing where that mm-hmm. was the case. And and so, you know, right. my my conscience was, hmm, okay. So that was the first year. And so I went back, you know, to my church, and of course. It, the camp experience wore off and I'm back to my regular old getting saved again, right. losing it every other weekend type thing. And I went back, I went back to the camp again the next year, heard it again and really was impressed with it. Really it began to drive my, my conscience more and more. And, and at that time I began to believe that it was true. Well, mm-hmm. that put me in conflict with my theological background, the, uh, the right. church I grew up in. And uh, but you know I'm a young man I'm I'm very committed and focused and now I've gotten this new truth and so I go back and begin telling all my little friends hey you all can't lose your salvation once you once you're truly saved if you do truly know Christ you're in and and it doesn't it doesn't work that way where you get saved and unsaved every other weekend and so I'm teaching all my little mm-hmm. friends this of course which is which is putting me in a little bit of a of a of a of a, of a conflict with 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 the direction of the church. But my parents were happy because my life had changed. Uh, I I had become I become a believer, and uh, so mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they couldn't deny that things were different in my life. 
uh, although right. the theology had changed, I had also personally changed. And so mm-hmm. uh, they continued to support me. And so uh, as I got ready to graduate, I wanted to become an electrical engineer. And uh, again, mm-hmm. my parents said, hey, why don't you think about going to a, a one-year Bible college first, you know, to kind of prep you to be on a secular campus. And I thought it a little bit, but I said, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Ended up at Wood Life Bible Institute, the, where I went to, so the place I went to basketball camp had a, yeah. had a one-year Bible mm-hmm. Institute, went there, and uh, began to study the Bible intensely. It's there that I was called in, in the ministry. And so this is in 1983, uh, in, uh, in 1983-84, and I was given an assignment to, um, I forgot what the assignment was about, but I, I remember we were told to go to the library and do some research. And so mm-hmm. this is in the mid-'80s. And uh, so we, we, we went to the library. They happened to have the institutes of, uh, of the Christian religion. And so wow. I, I picked it up, I don't know why, and began reading it and was just, I mean, floored. I said, man, I mean, this guy <laughs> is teaching the Bible, and, you know, he's teaching stuff I've never heard before, and... You know, it's 500 years ago, and I can't believe that, that, that why didn't anybody tell me about this stuff before? I mean, what, what are they hiding from me? And that was my introduction to Reformed theology uh, through reading the Institutes. And uh, wow. from, the mid, from the mid-1980s, I have been reforming from that, from that mm-hmm. point forward. Um, I, and my, my reformation has been a biblical one. I mean, uh, for mm-hmm. me— because I had no theological background in this, because I wasn't raised in a reformed setting, uh, I've always had to say, "Well, prove it to me." You know, uh, gotcha. Prove it to me. Prove to me that that uh, election is is right. Prove to me that limited atonement. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. I couldn't just simply adopt it because I, I had heard it my whole life. I hadn't heard it, and so my my right. my mindset going to going into all reformed thought processes are. Prove it to me from the Bible. I don't want to hear any theology about it. Now, I, I, I love theology and I love doctrine, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. you got to begin with me in the Bible. That, that's the first step. <laughs> right, right. Then, right. then we'll piece the, then we'll piece together our exegetical information and make a theological doctrinal statement after we've done the exegesis. Mm-hmm. And so that that yeah. that's the mindset that I bring to the table. So that's that's basically how I how I came to the the uh, the uh, the uh, to reformational thought. Uh, to mm-hmm. uh, Calvinism, if you will, uh, was mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the mid '80s. Okay, wow, that's that's an awesome story, um, and and I love you know because it reminds me of mine, you know, um, as far as you know the proven part, like mm-hmm. like you know because I wasn't I was actually raised you know uh, uh, missionary Baptist, and then I was charismatic, and yeah. you know in that whole world, so you know I had to see it, man, like. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Look, chasing, chasing, man, chasing. (laughs) Not knowing, you know. And I tell, I tell a lot of people, man. I think if I would, if I would have discovered reformed theology early, it would have kept me from a lot of places because what I was really looking for was answers, and nobody could give me answers. You know, biblical answers. You know, the things, and um. So yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. Yes, sir. So you know, uh, being that you're in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, like I just told you about my charismatic background and, and, and you have, you know, the world changes and the, 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 <laughs> you know, all, the, all those other, uh, big name, uh, I'm gonna start on this side. Cause there's like two, two or three questions I might want to ask in this, in this arena, um, before we move yeah. on. But, uh, did you, did you ever feel the pressure, uh, from, you know, maybe congregation outside to, uh, I mean, and and it's a, a rough word. Compromise what you were doing to compete with some of these, you know, big ministries in your area. Did, did that? I mean, it, it may not have, but you know, did you ever feel that? Um, not really. You know, I am. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm the type of guy that, um, you know, my 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 Bible background is really focused on understanding uh, scripture in, in an exegetical fashion. And mm-hmm. uh, and again, the whole idea of prove it to me type of mindset mm-hmm. that I that I that I brought to the table. And so I knew coming in coming into Atlanta that 
this that this place was marked by religious foolishness, and and it's, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's not and it's not just the prosperity movement that's big down here. So is the social gospel. I mean, this is the oh, uh, man, yeah. the uh, the, uh, the uh, birthplace place of the of the civil rights movement, which which has a a veneer of uh, religiosity over the top of it that makes it work. And so, mm. you know, you you have you have competing, you have three at least three competing gospels in this one city. You know, you mm. have you have the uh, true gospel, you have the social gospel, and you have the prosperity gospel. And so, mm. stepping into this arena, I knew, look, hey, this is the way it is in, in, in Atlanta. It's an uphill battle. It's a very educated city. People are focused on uh, on on academics and uh, and and social social justice and social rights. I got no, no problem with that necessarily, but people have a tendency in this city to, to believe in, in a gospel. That's not the gospel. Mm. And so co- coming in, Dwayne, I, I understood that. So no, I, you know, we're, we're, we're a small church here in Southwest Atlanta. Uh, we're, 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 we're seeking to understand scripture at, at, at a, the deepest level that we can and live it out to the right. greatest extent that we can. And so we did not feel, I did not feel any pressure from within the congregation mm-hmm. to just, to, to adjust my, what I was teaching or how I was teaching mm-hmm. uh, to fit into what's going on in the broader community. Right. Well, that's good. That's good. And I, I, I kind of figured that because most, most guys that, that understand sound, uh, doctrine and sound theology you know they know that it's not you know they they know what that other stuff is and and you know and yeah. and there's no there's no desire to have that you know is to be faithful to your flock you know so i just kind of put that out there for some of my uh my my uh fence people because i got a lot of fence people that listen <laughs> to straddle the fence <laughs> trying to figure out what side you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh i'm glad you brought up the the social the social gospel thing because like i said that is very big and actually maybe a couple months ago there was even a whole conference about it and um and see here at the bar uh we 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 are on the side with you know with more or less you know your approach uh when it comes to that you know where we you know we believe that there's a sin problem and not necessarily a uh you know, it's bigger than a racial problem. And, you know, the gospel is the answer, you know, uh, because sometimes a lot of people say that, you know, okay, the gospel, but then what else? Like, that's not going to fix the issue. So what what's your response? To, <laughs> what What's your response to people that that say, yeah, okay, the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. The gospel works. But, you know, we still got, you know, uh, white cops killing black kids. You know what we're going to do about it. What What's your response to that? Yeah. So my my vantage point on all of this is is there's there's no way you can fix culture without mm. regeneration it's just it's just not going to happen and so what's my response my response is to get the gospel out is to is to preach the mm-hmm. gospel is to teach the gospel is to live the gospel and people complain and say well you know what uh, that doesn't meet people where their needs are beg your pardon <laughs> the gospel doesn't meet people where their needs are. Look, you can, you can. Uh, I, I once heard, uh, I once heard a, a man. Uh, he would been who had been ministering in the inner city of Los Angeles for about thirty years, and um, this is near the end of his life. And he said, "You know what I have found is that unless a person gets converted, there will not be any long term change in their life." They'll mm, they'll change mm-hmm. for a moment. They'll change for you know a week, a few months, maybe even a few years. But lifestyle change that impacts the family and and causes change is not going to happen without the gospel. And so, mm. Dwayne, that that really is my 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 uh, beginning point. Uh, I know that we've right. kind of gotten we've kind of got we've kind of gotten on a social justice. And mm-hmm. um, to me, that's distracting us from the ultimate binge we're supposed to be on, which is a right. life-transforming binge, which is mm-hmm. preaching the gospel, seeking regeneration. If, if we really believe that that the apostles 
are the standard of ministry and service of Jesus. And I think most people would say, well, yeah, they're the standard. The 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 uh, Apostle Paul is the quintessential example. How right. much time did Paul spend on trying to change the Roman culture? Mm. How much time? How well. many? Why? <laughs> Why? Because Paul mm-hmm. understood something. As bad as the Roman culture was, as sinful as it was, as as steeped in 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 uh, in injustice and and slavery mm-hmm. and 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 racism and 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 uh, and um, geopolitical pride. I mean, Rome 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 is thought they were better than everybody else. I mean, they wow. thought that they thought they were better than everybody else. Paul didn't spend time on that. He spent time on calling sin sin and calling people to repent and and exercise faith in Jesus Christ, which is what we should be doing. We, that That's should good, be sir. our focus. That should be our mindset. And I'm and I'm afraid that we've lost our our focus. Let me just give you an example. Mm-hmm. So many times people preach social justice and and argue for well, there's too many there's too many um, minorities in in jail. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand why they're arguing that. Why they feel it's a problem. Um, it 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 reveals an unjust uh, uh, judicial system. I understand all the arguments for why it's a bad thing. So they're, they're they're arguing we need to be concerned about social justice and 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 fight against what's taking place in our judicial system. Fine and dandy. <clears throat> but you're not going to tell me that somebody is concerned with social justice that doesn't talk about the victims, right? What about the victims? Mm. Right, 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 right. You know, we say God is a just God, and I believe he's a, he's a, he's a just God. Is he, is he just for the victims as well? What about mm. the justice they, that, that they demand? I mean, mm-hmm. look at the Bible, Dwayne. Uh, God has as much to say about about the uh, the uh, the uh, the perpetrator of the crime as He does the one who is perpetrated against. God mm. is concerned about the victim, right? The, the, look, the, the vast majority of these individuals are not there for victimless crimes. There are there is a victim mm-hmm. involved. Now, mm-hmm. again, some might say, "Well, it's 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 not right that this." that Hispanics or whoever, blacks or whoever, get more imprisonment than whites do. Okay, fine. I, I agree. That's not fair. Now, mm-hmm. does, does the Bible say since this group is being, uh, is being jailed more than this group, let everybody out? Mm, no. No, sir. The Bible says put everybody in. <laughs> everybody who, who should be in should be in. Okay, not, right, not, not right. let let, let, let you know, and, and again, this is a this is this is a bigger discussion than we have time for, obviously. But 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 right. what I'm saying is we need to we need to think along uh, uh, the lines of not just the victims. I mean, not just the the uh, the uh, the uh, people laboring under an unjust judicial system, but the people who are being violated. We can't mm-hmm. lose sight of them as well, because God is concerned about the, the ones being violated. Just look at the Old Testament. It's very, very clear. So right. that, to uh, go back to the initial question, which was, um, what does culture need? It needs transformation. Uh, it mm-hmm. needs salvation. Um, right. We need, uh, we need the gospel to, be, to heal us, and there mm-hmm. will not be any unity. There will not be any transformation. There will not be any coming together except in the church and except under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, right. if, if, if we want to talk about unity in the church, that's a whole different, whole different a ball game. It's, it's sinful what some whites do to blacks and what some mm-hmm. blacks do to whites. It's, it's sinful. In the church, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the world now, because that's the way the world is. I'm talking about in the church, right? And so mm-hmm. that needs to be confronted like any other sin, called out like mm-hmm. any other sin, and disciplined like any other sin. I'm all right. for that. Uh, 
Yeah, and and let's 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 actually stay in that vein. I, honestly, I, I I wasn't gonna hold you long, but this is really good, and I hope you don't mind sticking with me just a little bit longer. But uh, let's stay right there with the you know explain what you mean by you know the I guess the the end of church sin by whites and blacks. You know what 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 have you observed and and what what were you referring to? So um, I went I went to an academic institution uh, Dallas. I feel like the seminary, which I love. Uh, I love the teachers. I love the people. It was it was great, uh, and I benefited greatly from it. They taught me how to exegete the Bible, which was why I went there. But mm-hmm. let's not let's not make let's not re- redefine history. Uh, there were some people on that campus teaching who were a part of that campus when black when um, American blacks couldn't attend it. Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. that was sin. Yeah. And I think anybody who says, well, that was the way the culture was back then, we didn't have any choice. No, you had a choice because we, we aren't talking about uh, uh, social issues here. We're talking about sin issues. Mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. A, that's a different matter. And so if, 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 if there was somebody who was in the system at that time propagating that, they, they should confess it as sin. They should wow. repent for gotcha. that. It was it, it was mm-hmm. wrong. Okay, and so what I'm saying is, I, I want to treat sin in the church in a very distinctive way, because Paul says in First Corinthians five, "What if I got to do to judge the world anyway?" I, I, I mean, we're not going to be judging the world. Mm-hmm. We need to judge folk in the church. We need to evaluate right, people right, 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 in the church. And so, I think I think our 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 uh, viewpoints on each other. Uh, I don't want anybody to think, because of what I've said, said uh, this afternoon, that I, I live in a in some type of uh, candy coated world where I don't think racism exists. I know it exists. Mm-hmm. I've experienced right. I've experienced it m- myself in the church, and mm-hmm. it needs it needs to be called out. And so um, I think ways that it shows up going is um, I just I just published a book. And mm-hmm. the very first book that I was now, this is a book that I published independently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was asked to publish a book in the past. I've, I've 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 been asked to, but the books I was offered to publish were basically black books, books on mm-hmm. race, uh, books on multiculturalism. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with people writing books on multiculturalism. They're, they're good books. They're needed. That's not my thing. Right. I want right, to write. Right, right. I want to write on. I want to write on doctrine. Mm-hmm. I want to write on theology. I want to write mm-hmm. on exegetical subjects. That's my thing. So right, I didn't. Right. I didn't accept. I didn't accept those offers. I think it's it's a travesty that in many of the I'm not going to name the names, but in many nationally organized conferences when there's a black speaker on on the docket 80 percent of the time they're going to be talking about racial issues or mm, social yep. issues. <laughs> but, but but when it comes to the exegetically difficult issues when it comes to the theologically significant issues they're nowhere to be found that's a shame yes it's a shame yes and, and it sends the, it sends the wrong messages like the only right. people that can ex- exegete the Bible and, and 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 do theology are the majority culture. I think that's 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 a that's a level of 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 ignorance within the broader community. Right. Right. Wow. That's really man. You you really touched on something there uh, because uh, as a podcaster, um, I get uh, invitations to be on other shows, and a lot of times that's what they want to talk about. And I'm like, uh, no, thank you. I mean, it's crazy. Right, yeah. it's, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. yeah no, that's and, and, no, and, no. And, I, and, 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 and that needs to be called out for what it is. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I and I, that's happened on a couple of occasions and, and yeah, I, I decline, man. That's, that's not my thing, you know? Uh, 
I consider myself a personality, so I much rather have me on, you know, just me and just talk about, you know, the the podcast and and things like that. So, yeah, I definitely see that uh, in my own personal life. So, you know, guys listening, man, I love y'all. I'd love to be on your show, but, you know, it don't have to be about race. So, anyway. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, Christianity. Exactly. Exactly. So you mentioned the book. Let's talk about the book. Uh, I want to make sure that we promote this. This so this is uh, you said self published book. Um, yes, sir. You guys did it yourself. So yeah, just let's talk about that. Let's talk about the title okay. and 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 a little uh, just a little bit about it, just to whet the people appetite. And we would definitely oh, have yeah. a link to the book in the uh, show notes. So uh, let let's go there. Cool. cool. Okay. So um, back in nineteen ninety five, um, I uh, bought the book. Out the very first time and uh it was uh i had uh, gone uh, to antigua and had done a, a bible conference there on the doctrines of grace and so coming out of my notes from that from that conference i put together a new book is short book and and uh you know it was self self uh publishing back in back in the mid 90s early 90s was nothing like it is now and uh, it right. was it was it was an uphill battle, man. It was, I can tell you some horror stories, but anyway, so uh, we we finally got the book uh, out, and I got several books out. In fact, I, I, I self published four at that time. It was it was a hard job, but I got it done. And um, people people in, liked the book. Uh, they I sold out two runs of it, two small runs of it, and you know to mostly friends, family, people I ministered to. Uh, churches I was mm-hmm. associated with. Well, uh, fast forward uh, to the present, and uh, over the years I had been asked, you know, when are you going to do an update on the book? You know, and uh, people had bought the book, had passed it around. I mean, I, I, I've met people all over the U.S. that have read the book, which is kind of crazy to me. Uh, right, it doesn't, right. doesn't, doesn't make any sense because I didn't print up that many copies. And uh, people <laughs> shared the book and, and, and asked, you know, are you going to update it? And so finally the update was done. And so uh, the book is about twice as long as it was initially, a lot more exegesis in there, a lot more um, theological argumentation. And uh, so uh, the book uh, came out. It's been doing, it's been doing very, very well. Uh, we are uh, on the, uh, within the top three on, the, uh, on the, the, the Amazon hot list and uh, new uh, new release list and it's doing well there it's doing well um it's even sold some in in uh in uh in europe i mean i was i was kind of freaking out when i found found some uh some some people had had bought it overseas but uh it's 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 doing well and uh god is blessing it and so the the the, the whole focus is to give a theological defense of the doctrines of grace is based on the Bible. So you're mm. going to get theology in this book, but you're going to get it based on Scripture. Okay, it's, it's not it's not doctrine arguing theology. It's, it's, it's exegesis leading to doctrine leading to theology. And and so mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, that's why I subtitled it a biblical introduction because it's really mm-hmm. it's really looking at those passages, those key critical passages, those key biblical concepts that that stand behind the the uh, the um, the doctrines of grace. Um, if, if anybody is listening who ha- has read the original, which is probably unlikely, but you never know. Uh, the, never know. The, the things the things you'll find different is I added a a a uh, a chapter in the book on the historical development of the doctrines of grace especially the modern the modern terminology where do we get the modern terminology from of course the the uh, senator of, of dort and so I, I give a little historical overview of that and how how arminianism and calvinism led to these five points and so that's new in there of course there's new exegesis throughout uh deeper exegesis more extensive and then there's also a brand new uh, a brand new section where I go I go and talk about the uh, um, the security of the believer. How does how does how does someone know that they're truly saved? What's the confidence of the of the believer based on? I've found oftentimes 
when we teach the doctrines of grace that sometimes people can begin to doubt their salvation. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, am I one of the elect, am I one of the call? And so I have a whole uh, section in the book on what's the, what's the true biblical and theological basis of the believer's confidence. Uh, how, where, where is surety based in? And so uh, that's brand new as well. And so uh, the uh, the uh, book seeks to uh, help people, uh, you know, both people who, who, who of course, have experience in the doctrine, but also people who've never heard it or, or they just have come right. to a brand new church. It, the church is reformed. They're hearing these things for the first time. They have a lot of questions about the biblical basis of the Well, this book satisfies that. It just goes through and just say, this is the biblical basis of it. And it's not, it's not like books that simply give proof text. I don't, I, you know, we're not about proof texting. Uh, proof texting mm-hmm. has, has a place, but here in this book, what I'm seeking to do is, is here are the verses, and this is how the verses should be understood in the historical context, in their, in their right. linguistic, uh, in their, in their uh, ling- linguistic uh, foundations. And and so we mm-hmm. we we we, ha- we include exegesis in the book, not just simply proof text and verses that say what we want them to say. Gotcha! Wow, that sounds exciting, man. I'm I'm really excited for you uh, for the book. Thanks. And like I say, you guys, you'll definitely be able to uh, to order it right here, man. Right from the the bar website, we'll have the the link in the in the show notes. Uh, you can click on it right there. And when you click on it through our website, uh, Amazon actually sends us a little kickback. So that's a way you can support pastor and also support the show. A little dual action going on there. That's nice. So, uh, yes, sir. So right quick, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll come back right back in here with uh, Pastor Roger. This is the Chocolate Knox. If you love that wonderful sensation of chewing glass... This is the show for you. Cross Politic is a weekly show and podcast that mixes the taboo formula of faith, culture, and politics, proclaiming the Lordship of Christ in every corner of our culture. Hallelujah. Gabriel Wrench is a deacon from Texas, and he wears overalls. One time. <laughs> Chocolate Knox, a.k.a. David Shannon, he's a movie maker from Minnesota. Action! I'm Toby Sumter, pastor here in Moscow, Idaho, and I used to live in Alaska. Did you know that? No. no. We've interviewed everyone from Alveda King to Ted Cruz to Steve Dace to Walter Williams and we invite you to join us here at Cross Politic as we learn to fight, laugh, and feast all to the glory of God CrossPolitik.com All right, we're back, and it's the bar. It's your boy Dwayne in here with your local pastor spotlight for the month of July. We have Pastor Roger from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we've had a great conversation. I held him a little bit longer than usual because uh, it's been so awesome uh, just to hear, you know, his thoughts on some things. And and make sure you guys make sure you pick up the book. Like I said, the link is in the show notes, so make sure you get it there. Get you a copy. Buy the one. Buy one for your neighbor, your friend, your cousin, your enemy. Everybody <laughs> needs. A copy so that uh we can get the yeah get this thing off the shelf man and uh maybe i can convince him by the end of this show to send me an autograph copy but you know we're just gonna put that on the air so that, put a little pressure on yes sir so uh second half of the show we always like to do what i call the bar signature questions or the bar fun questions um and uh the very first bar question is what kind of music do you listen to, whether it's uh, Christian or secular? What kind of music do you listen to? What's in your iPod? If you listen to any music or when you're studying or when you're driving, what do you listen to? I listen to everything. Uh, I, I, have <laughs> some, uh, I have some country music. I have some, um, I have some uh, Frank Sinatra. I have some, um, <clears throat> I have some, um, a little, a little hip, a little, a little, clean hip-hop every now and then um <laughs> i mean I, I have some oldies i mean i, I love uh, i love anything from the 50s and the 60s um no i listen to anything i listen to everything and i, I got my i got my uh i got my gospel music in there i have some hymns um mm-hmm. I, 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 I love steve green and uh so i i just have a mixture you know mixture of things I'm, I'm okay i'm very eclectic as far as that's concerned gotcha 
Good deal. All right. My second signature bar question is what podcasts or sermons do you listen to? Uh, being a pastor, you might not even have time, but are there any like podcasts or sermons that, that you listen to on a regular? I, you know, um, becoming a pastor has really changed my, my time, um, focus, but, uh, I can imagine when before I came to Atlanta, uh, I was of course in the Johnny Mac big time and, uh, tried to Mm -hmm, eat up mm -hmm. everything and everything that he preached and taught on. I was all over that. And, um, he's, he's, uh, he's, like without a question, my my favorite preacher of, of all, and mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. but you know now I, my time is so busy working on this book. I, I've been you know I I, I teach twice a week. Uh, my style, of course, as you know, is expository, book by book through right. the Bible. A lot of time in, in research in my library, mm-hmm. and so I, I don't get as much mm-hmm. time to really listen to sermons because I have to listen to my own, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> right, and right. Read. We we uh, uh, post them on our on our website, and we want to make sure everything is is kosher with that. And so mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't listen to as many sermons as I used to listen to. Okay, all right. Well, you can squeeze some bar, you know, between your commute from home to, to yeah, church. Yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> Radio program. Good deal, sir. Easy, easy to listen to, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You can you can kind of lose yourself and come back and catch some stuff. So, yeah, man. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, man, I want to shout out uh, one of your members, man, to help put this together. Miss April. Uh, she, oh, she goodness. worked hard yeah. to, to, to make this happen. Like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, oh yeah, man, she's good people. want to shout her out. Oh. Um, you know, we, we actually got to meet at uh G3 and, um, cool. and hung out and she actually invited us to your church, uh, afterwards for like a little after gathering and, yeah. uh, yeah, 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 big shout out to her yeah. and, you were there and her that, eh? family and her husband. Yeah. Yeah. I was there. I met your, your oldest son, I think this the junior. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Roger. Yeah. Roger yeah. Roger mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Yep. I met your oldest son. So yeah, I, I came through, man, and and uh and 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 hung out with him. It was definitely a great experience. Definitely hope to do it again uh in January. So uh maybe I get to meet you this time, Pastor, when we get down there. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Uh, that the the, the, uh, the conference happened at a bad time for us. We weren't able to go, but uh I was so happy to uh to open up the uh, the, uh church for you all and uh and uh, April's good people, and uh, just, oh, yeah. just the the amount of uh, godly young men and women she's gathered around herself, um, it's been it's, it's a tremendous thing to see. I mean, you all were having some. I saw, I, I saw the pictures and, and a little uh, mm-hmm. video from y'all's uh, uh, get together, and looked like y'all were having some some serious fellowship. There. Yeah, it was awesome, man. It was awesome. I was the the guy in, in the all blue hoodie. So, you know, if you want to look back, ah, you know, that was me. Okay. Okay, that was you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually uh uh shout out to Mission Aware. They actually made me a a bar podcast hoodie uh for the conference oh, wow. and I was able to Yeah, it was it was it was dope. So, uh man, I really really enjoyed this pastor. Uh I I I have so many requests for a local pastor spotlight, so I don't know if I can repeat it on that. But I would love to have you back, man. Uh, some other time we could make it just a regular segment, man. And um, and I I, I really enjoyed it. So uh, I want to give you the floor right here to uh, you know, whatever you want to say to my people. You know, anything you want to shout out, anything you want to promote. Just keep in mind this show probably won't air until mid July. So any like date wise stuff, just keep that in mind. Well, I just want to thank you, Dwayne, first off, for, for having me and uh, allowing me to uh, talk a little bit about things that were dear to me. And uh, thank you for giving the uh, the book some, some airtime. And uh, we really want people to be encouraged uh, to, to purchase the book, to come to a greater understanding of the the, uh, the Doctrine of Grace. So I just encourage uh, your audience to follow the Lord faithfully, to uh, be biblical in all that you do and say, hey, uh, if you're not in a mm-hmm. good church where the Bible is being taught and preached, get in one. Uh, don't don't delay any further. Do whatever you got to do. Drive however far you got to drive. Get in a good local church where the where the where the pastor loves Christ and teaches the Bible faithfully. Please, please, please do that. And uh, get get involved with some with some good good resources, uh, books, uh, sermons, uh, uh, anything that you can get your hands on. Uh, 
programs like this. I mean, uh, this is a great program. The, the internet has given us great opportunities to get, to get mm-hmm. the message of Christ out even more. And uh, I just want you people just to take every opportunity they can to, uh, to, to soak it up, to, to get involved with some good people, some good literature, some good messages, and uh, continue to grow in the grace and love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, sir. Again, I want to thank you uh, for coming on. So much fun. Definitely, uh, man, we got to make our way down there, man, so we can check you guys out for a service or something. Because um, it's, it's about two hours away. Um, yeah. and, uh, oh, 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 one, one more thing. I didn't even hit yeah. my uh, the website. It's uh, Yeah, do that. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes, yeah. too. But go ahead. Yeah, it's uh, BereanBible.org. Uh, you can get some idea of what the ministry's like there. Uh, you can get our sermons uh, there, and um, please hit that up. We have a we have a, a Facebook page as well. You can jump on that, and we'd we'd love to interact with y'all. Yes, sir. Good deal. Make sure y'all check that out. That'll also be in the show notes. That's on our brand new website, thebarpodcast.com. Make sure you go there and, and check us out. Uh, again, Pastor, want to thank you again, man, uh, for your time and, and, and everything. And, and we're just super excited about this connection here at the bar and make sure you guys check us out every Tuesday, uh, at your favorite podcast location. Uh, you also check out, uh, thebarpodcast.com. Like I just stated, we're on Facebook, um and twitter and instagram the bar podcast uh find us like us follow us tweet us share us all that good stuff and with all that being said you guys god bless we out What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there